when you go away So will the lump in my throat Cause you have become to me A symbol for all that is wrong This is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 59, Bill Dung's Roman. And uh, of course, Bill Dung's me, Roman. Bill Dung's Roman, which is a. I'm sure there's a story behind that word. Well, there is. There, there, there is. Uh, this is a. It's a word that means. Uh, it's a, about a novel of, of the youth to adulthood. It's a uh, genre of literature and film of uh, storytelling. That what is, the hell's up with the accent that just crept in there? I don't know. Uh, it's 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 very you know hoity toity. It's very. Uh, uh, and so that high class. So that, so that changes your accent in mid speech. Yes, it does. So, it must be truly a powerful force. It is. And it's, but what does that word possibly have to do with what we're doing? Well, we're going to be talking about character advancement in role-playing games. No uh, shit. Yeah. Okay, Tom. <laughs> a, little, a little aggressive there. A little. Uh, 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 but yeah, we're going to be talking about... Uh, you bring it out in me, Ross. I know. Uh, leveling up, uh, gaining skills, gaining experience points, that kind of thing. Uh, the kind of implications and um, what game designers think about it and wh- whether their design meets the reality of role-playing games. And that, like, what does that mean? Well, we'll get into that um, shortly. Um, it's raining right now, so you might hear the rain in the background. So, uh, Or perhaps the thunder. The thunder. If you, if you notice the lightning, then you're using some kind of medium we're not aware of. Yeah, then you have spy cameras in here, and that's, that's, that's just creepy. But Ross wants you to know that what he does in his own room is not for your enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Uh, playing Killing Floor. Anyways. Uh, we'll get patting around in his socks. His filthy, filthy socks. I live here, Tom. I can wear socks. You have sandals on. What do you, you, have, you don't even have socks. Oh, I've got socks, Ross. I just know better than to wear them here with all these cameras. Oh, I see. Uh, this is taking a weird turn. Anyways, uh, in news for RPPR, we, uh, Zombies of the World is uh, oh, now good God. available. Yeah. <laughs> it's now available. You can now order the book, a very high-quality, glossy color book. Yes, you will uh, buy it at a high price. Yes. Uh, we also, I just put up the PDF edition, so if you don't want to get the actual luxurious physical book, you can get a PDF and at least read I've touched, it. I've touched the physical uh, book. PDF it's, is only four ninety nine. Yes, it is a great book. Uh, we'll have it for sale at Gen Con. Uh, but if you want to you want to learn about zombies, learn about the undead, uh, go to zombiesoftheworld.com. Got great artwork, great writing. Yes, everything is great about it. Written so. by a monster, but... Yeah, uh, well, it's about monsters. But so. yes, buy the books or Ross can get the money to pay me for Gen Con. Yeah, uh, yeah that would be nice. Um... Because uh, oh, also ruins of Lemuria. I finished revising the text. Uh, the artwork is should be done or very close to being done. So uh, it should be out. It'll definitely be out this month. I'm not sure about the exact date, but we also have the last episode of the New World campaign, uh, which this I'll release it. simultaneously with the ruins of Lemuria. This is it, people. Yes, last one. Last one. Uh, How is this shit gonna play out? Oh my god, it is epic. Uh, last episode was epic. I mean the the old world armada thing. So. Uh, uh, did you did you re-listen to it, Tom? Uh, I did. Yeah. I forgot. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I did brush back and try to help people, and then lose my shit on those that were killing my own people. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, yeah, very shit got real. In other words, yeah, shit did get real. So, uh, and it, uh, yeah, I don't want to say anything, but um, I killed Laura Palmer. Oh man, yeah. that, that that was pretty. That was pretty badass. Yeah, no she had it coming little bitch i know right Try, trying to summon the dark lord whatever whatever his name was <laughs> president 
so yes, of course, uh, uh, Gen Con is approaching. Uh, we will have a pre-Gen Con. Little, just a couple, just a little more than a month away. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to Gen Con 2011, we'll be there. So we have some and games. And we will party. A seminar and uh, a party like we're nerds in Gen Con 2011. And, uh, yeah. and hey, an ex- like another member of the group will be there this time. Yes, Caleb will be joining us. Uh, and no, he will be, be quite busy, but... He'll be running games. Uh, we'll be running games. Except for Tom. Tom's not running anything. He's just being a slacker. So. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, Anyways, um, I'm going to enjoy the trip, Ross, and do what I want. Yeah, well, that that is your right, I guess. You're just disappointing you the guess, fans. You You're guess. Just, just, it's just the fans who are losing out, you know. Ross, so. I will be there, and I will do things with the fans. Wow. That, oh, not... shut up. <laughs> shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> you said it, Tom. You, I mean... uh, yeah, and I knew what I meant. You were obviously going the other way. I see. I see. All right. Um, filthy mind filthy mind anyway so uh, character advancement Uh, let's talk about that that's uh, that's, we've been kind of wandering I know we got recently got an iTunes review that said oh we took too long doing news and announcements up well well, we're sorry uh, no I'm not sorry okay no that's what we do man Yeah, it's our format it's our thing Uh, our stick anyway uh, so character advancement what do we mean by character advancement um now the thing is that you know the granddaddy of our RPGs, Dungeons and Dragons, has a very good character advancement paradigm. I mean, you can there are many. It's not a perfect game, and no one will say that. And uh, there are certainly many flaws to it. But one thing I think D and D gets right is that it has a beginning, a middle, and an end planned out for your character. Um, you the 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 paradigm of D and D is that you start as a level one scrub, and then you work your way up to a level twenty, level thirty epic badass and. Uh, and the, so it's like a, a Bildungsroman where you start out as a child, more or less, and become an adult at the end. And uh, they have new monsters and new challenges for you. Everything's planned out for, your, you know, there, there's a whole – the game supports character advancement, you know, character growth. Now well, – I would say that, you know, D&D is the only game I know of that when I, you know, start a level one character, the first thing I think about is where do I want to end up? That's the first thing I think. Right. And, you know, I'm actually, I'm, you know, when I, even if it's level one, like, all right, like, all right, what, like, what prestige class do I want to get to at what level? And, you know, that's the kind of things I think about. I don't do that with any other game. Right. I mean, that, 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 that's the thing about D&D is that it, 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 it does this. And that's one of the reasons why it's kind of, when you think about it, very few RPGs, actually have that in mind. They actually think about this. Now, you think about the second biggest RPG, which is really the World of Darkness. Uh, True, that, yeah. that whole network. And character advancement is not really built into it. Now you say, oh, well, there's experience points. They're useless. Well, the thing really, is, they don't... One thing they don't have a that you, you can you you do your character does grow obviously does you do gain experience points and you can use those to advance your character but there's no in there's no middle or end game involved your character starts out as a weakling vampire or hunter or whatever Werewolf or... yeah um, and there are of course optional rules is that you can start out as a badass um, like yeah but I, your character starts I, out... I actually own the Elysium book right right uh, well that's for the old world I mean in the new world there are uh, various rules for that as well. Um, but there's no like, okay, when you're a mid-level vampire or equivalent, an experienced vampire, here's the kind of things you should be doing or you could be doing. Um, and there's a big difference between should and could, but 
they don't really think about that, and they certainly don't think about the end game. They think about the here and the now. You know, your character is a monster. You do this and do this, and that. That's the entire campaign. Well, as a, when I make a character a character for that, yeah. I'm not thinking of where I where I want to be. Yeah, I just don't do it. I think, what do I want to be when I start? Right, and pretty much anything after that is. Like, like, okay, like, well, what do I need that I've realized that I need with this character in the next playing? session? Yeah, yeah, like, okay, like, yeah, well, uh, I like it was a mistake not to put any points in dodge, so I might want to, you know, right, put one in dodge, right? So it, it's it, it certainly doesn't give you that feeling of character growth. Um, so that, that's kind of the problem is, uh, and this isn't you know, you know unique to the old world of darkness. Uh, you know, recently we we started an Eclipse Phase campaign that uh, Caleb is running. Eclipse Phase, um, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a sci-fi horror game. Uh, but your character, it's done with a point-based system. You you start with a thousand points and you spend those for you know skills, equipment, advantages. Di- you know, you mm-hmm. gain more if you get a disadvantage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, so your character starts out with a thousand points. Now, the way your basic uh, character gets. Uh, res points to fulfill a session. Now, the way the default rule says you're supposed to get four to seven character points, res points, in three to six game sessions. So that, so being you know easy on the math, that's one point per session, more or less. Mm-hmm. And so that's a tenth of a percent. Your and also you don't get the points until the story's over. Yeah, until the adventure's over. So you get like four to seven points every three to six sessions. So your character is very just not advanced. He's basically a very so when we're talking about this, we're going to talk about the difference between dynamic characters and static characters, player characters. Dynamic player characters are D and D characters. They grow constantly. Mm-hmm. Every session, they get new gold, they get new equipment, they get new or they level up and they get huge advancements. Um, static characters are characters that are. 20 sessions in, they're very similar to this character that started out. Now, of course, they're going to have different equipment, and they're going to learn some things, and they'll probably have some scars and stuff like that. But 20 sessions in, a D&D character is a totally different character than the one he was at level 1. His capabilities has doubled or tripled, but an Eclipse Face character, 20 sessions in, is only 2% better at best than, you know, if he gains 20 res points... Uh, than a character who is uh, starting out. Mm-hmm. And the thing in Eclipse Phase is you also to spend points on equipment, including your character's body type. Uh, the morph, that's the thing. Your character's... The, the gimmick of Eclipse Phase is that you can switch bodies. And they're, uh, like, they're totally interchangeable. Right. Well, not totally. Um, but... Well, you can you can keep you can keep on living by downloading into different bodies, right? But the way the which is interesting, so your character is functionally immortal. But the way the game works is, if you have an expensive morph that costs you fifty character points to start out with, or a hundred points to start out between fifty and hundred points characters start, and you lose that morph, you're you're basically better off mechanically starting off as a new character than trying to keep that same character. You're basically saying, well, I'm just going to retire him. And start a new character because yeah. that new character is going to be more powerful than the the guy who lost his expense. Unless the game master hand waves, uh, just gives you a new more. Well, actually, I love the way Caleb is doing it. Right. Um, well, you want to? Yeah, that's and that, that's one of the solutions. Basically, house rule. Uh, these kind of very slow advancement well, characters. Do. It's not so much that; it's more just how he deals with uh, dying. That we essentially have a death fund. 
Well, that's a, that's a house rule. I mean, that's yeah, not in so. the game. I mean, he gave. But us... it, it's definitely preferable to having to re- build yourself back up. Right. I mean, it would be impossible to get like. In fact, that's not a lot. That's a game like not a lot of games I know actually have that where you can actually, through character death, drop a lot of points. Uh, right. Where well, I mean, be. character death is final, but in even in the world of darkness, if you took some sort of. Um, Depending, I mean, a, a crippling injury or curse or something mm-hmm. like that, or like, oh, you lose a point of dexterity from this, you know, nasty thing that the supernatural creature did to you. Uh, then you're better off making a new character because dexterity is so hard to raise. You know, it, 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 that's another thing in you know the world of darkness is that experience points spin differently than your character starting. You know, freebie, freebie points, points. Yeah, yeah. Um, freebie points are a lot better than experience points. Yeah, I th- I think it's uh, ability like. Not- Attributes, I think it's like five times your current. Yeah, ranking. you have to multiply the current rating by a number, and it's yeah, it. and your abilities are three times. But freebie, but freebie points are just an additive thing. It's yeah. like five points to get this, no matter what it is. So there's there's a lot of depending. You could build two characters the same way that would have starting different equivalents of experience. Um, so it's a very wonky game design. But anyways, so. In general, you have these games that a lot of most role-playing games, I think, assume you're going to be a static character, especially modern games. Call of Cthulhu, World of Darkness, uh, GURPS, uh, one-roll engine games, actually. While mm-hmm. Talents, it assumes you're going to be getting three character points at most, you know, per session. Yeah. And of, course, we, of course, we have like we have a vote that can get up to five. Right. Well, we've house ruled it where we your characters. I was I was being much more generous. In fact, mm. three was lucky. Like like you're supposed to get one or two per session. Um, in the one roll engine, you um, and your characters start out with 250 points or more. So you know one to three points versus 250 starting points. Plus, your characters can lose points by spending base will. Yeah. So you could blow lose an entire week of advancement because of having to spend a point of base will for something. So, again, characters are base, And also there are limitations on what you can spend those points on. Once you've made your character, you can't just spend them to get a new superpower. You have to justify it in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Eclipse Phase is the same thing. Like, okay, you can spend points to raise skill, but your characters spend time training and stuff like that. So it's very... Your character, the, the the rules discourage you from advancing your character. You are not meant to advance your character like a and d character. They do not want you, you know, 50 sessions in, 20 to 50 sessions in, to be a radically different character than you were at the beginning. I mean, certainly better, yes, but not like, nowhere like D&D. No. Not going from, you know, a peasant to a world-conquering badass demigod, you know. Um, which, of course, is part of the genre, part of the theme, but... I don't think a lot of people realize this when they start out. And I think a lot of game masters don't realize, you know, this causes a lot of issues. I don't think people really think about it. This is why I wanted to bring it up, uh, do an episode on this topic. Um, Because game designers have this idea that character advancement is slow and tedious and it takes work to make a character you have to earn your character you know you you start as a because scrub. it means more yeah, every pretty much every role-playing game you start out as a weakling you know or very you know you, obviously there's exalted and noblest and blah 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 but even them they're even in those settings there are much more it's it's relative you know you can be mm-hmm. a badass and exalted but there's going to be npcs that are much 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 more badass than you are you know um, or the Dragon Ball Z game. Right, exactly. There's always going to be somebody whose power level is over 9,000, you know, more than you. Um, so it's relative. And 
the thing is, uh, they want you to. You can't start out as one of those super high end characters. You're supposed to spend you know hundreds of hours of gameplay to get that way. And the thing is, I I don't understand why this is because at least now don't they realize that I think the majority of role playing games. This is my opinion. The majority of tabletop role playing games that are played actually played are either. Uh, one shots or very short lived campaigns like campaigns that are aborted, you know, like they just they try to do a long campaign, but it falls apart. You know, we've talked about that before. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, or they uh, just aren't meant to be super long, you know, like three sessions. So every game is designed with the idea of, like you're not going to be super cool or super badass until you get 100 sessions in uh, or 50 sessions in or 20 to 50 sessions in. Uh, worth of gameplay, but um, how many camp? I, I would imagine those types of campaigns are the minority of role playing games. Like very, I would you know, you know, maybe twenty percent of role playing games. Are maybe the, I yeah. I mean, we've only had one super long campaign. That was the and that was only forty six sessions. The New World campaign. Um, that's been our longest campaign to date. And you know that took us over a year to do, like well, a yeah. year and a half. You know? And uh, I had my. Uh, two-and-a-half-year-long Gargoyles campaign. Right. But, uh, the thing, but the thing is, in that one, it also, we, uh, we rebooted it a few times. Oh, yeah? What do you mean by that? Well, it's because at one point, yeah, I was, uh, I was actually doing my own house-ruled version of leveling up. I gave them way more experience than the book suggested because it's like, oh, God, this is taking for fucking ever. So, at, at some point, we actually got to the point where... Uh, you know, the characters are so powerful that, you know what, I think it's time to uh, do a cosmic reset. And with a game like that, with lots of magic, that's actually easy to do. Right. Well, in that case, um, so you, you that's kind of a unique situation. I mean, that, that almost never comes up where characters are so powerful that they, you know... Well, you it's, really it's, when, it's when the one vampire player had, like, had you dis- had like four disciplines at, le- at level five. Okay, so, that's about when I started to realize. But how that, long did that take you in real time? Uh, year. It was actually a year and a half. That was the first reboot. Okay, so a year and a half to get to yeah. The, the second where... reboot only took about two months. Then I realized that this that storyline was a turd. Okay, so you that wasn't even like that wasn't because power. No, that was just because of storyline. No, the first one was okay. because of power. So that was the only time that happened. Yes. Okay. And that took you a year and a half at fast character advancement. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the using, of course, using a modified version of the old world of darkness. Yeah, that, that's what it was based on. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, um, so again, there, there's this 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 massive difference between what the designers think and what actually happens, you know, yeah. on the tabletop. And be, there's also this idea: why can't character advancement be fast? Um, because, you know, if you think about it, you know, game, role-playing games are mostly modeled after, you know, genre fiction, you yeah. know, fantasy, science fiction, horror, and, you know, uh, Bildungsroman stories are usually literary, you know, uh, you have, of there's all kinds of classics, and, you know, you will put like, a link uh, to the Wikipedia, uh, you know, Catcher in the Rye, blah, 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 blah. Well, hell, uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, yeah, you could view that. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, as a as a genre uh, building. The Heinlein story, not the movie. Movie yeah. was garbage. <laughs> uh, the movie was awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. Giant bugs versus space. Would marines. you like to learn more? No. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that was my favorite line from the movie. Anyways, uh, and it's afraid. Um, so, 
but you're talking about this. Why can't we have fast character advancement? Because in these genre fiction stories, uh, it's very common for characters to become very powerful relatively quickly for it because of the demands of the story. I mean, you didn't have Luke Skywalker, you know, went from being a farm boy to being the savior a, of the galaxy, the galaxy in, you know, little in terms of gameplay. How many sessions do you think the, th- the original trilogy was? 20 sessions, maybe 30. Maybe. Maybe I mean, 30. Certainly not 100 sessions. I mean, no. um, in the, for each movie would take about, you know, to, I mean, you could plot it out. That would actually be kind of interesting. How much of the movie would you get in one session? Um, and you could probably do it in 10 sessions at most, you know. Uh, he didn't spend, you know, 50 hours worth of film time, you know grinding, you know, swamp rats or shit like that, or like, go, oh, let's go do or doing some... fetch quests. Yeah, doing fetch quests. Like, oh, there's an old man in the space cantina who wants to do- have us deliver things. And, oh, there's a space dungeon we have to go through, you know? I was like, yeah, like, that's, by the way, one of the reasons I quit playing Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah, yeah. Because that's Lots what it was. Lots of space dungeons, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, video games obviously have different, way well, yeah, different yeah. designs, uh, because they want you to, uh, especially MMOs, want you to sink in as much time as possible. But um, in tabletop games, you know, all these games, uh, uh, and we can bring in more, like every point-based system, immune to masterminds. I mean, how many character points mm-hmm. is a character supposed to get immune to masterminds? You know, better than I do. And the thing is... Well, it, no, no, I was asking you, how many points do... Uh, my- standard character would be 150. Okay, and how many are they supposed to get per session? Uh, no more than one or two tops. Wow. So again, you know, that's less than a percent per advancement. Yeah. Um, well then again, in that one also power level off sometimes doesn't really mean much. The right roles and the right power combinations and that right. can, you could take on someone twice your power and win, still win. Right, right, right. And there, there are obviously inherent, uh, flaws in that. But, uh, or some sections, some games I've played actually leveling up is a pain in the ass. Okay, yeah, there's also, uh, uh, the rules discourage you not only by giving you few points or whatever, it takes you a long time to level up, but also the actual ways to do it. So, yeah, yeah. Mine was Cyberpunk. Yeah. It's, um, in that one, you have to record every single time you use a skill. And it's not, you know, Call of Cthulhu, yeah, you have to, you check off if you successfully use a skill, but that's only to know that at the end of the session, you need, you need to roll to see if these skills raise. But in, but in Cyberpunk, you have to mark down every time you use a skill, because that's how you raise skills. And when you first start off, it's it's ten. It's like it's you have to. Uh, well, you can't obviously can't use you know some skills you can use untrained, some you can. But it's you know it's basically it's ten point ten improvement points at level one. So you only have to use it ten times. It goes to level two. You get up to around you know seven or eight. Suddenly, it's, you have to use this skill eighty times to level to bring it up again. Right. And there's some some skills like how many times are you going to use this skill in a session? Like okay, now if it's, if it's awareness notice, yeah. you'll use that one a lot. Yeah, but if it's say forgery, but even awareness notice that will, that would be like what ten times per session tops. Yeah, that, and the best one I would imagine you would use the most besides weapon skills, right? But say like forgery. Yeah. How often are you going to use forgery? Yeah. Or how often are you going to use, uh, or one of my favorites, how often are you going to use uh, AV tech, which is designing AV vehicles? Seriously, you know, you're, right, you're right. not. Right. But so unless, so, yeah. unless you bump those up really, really high to when you mix a character creation, if you just decide, like, you know, our group really needs an AV tech, well, um, I mean, you can do, like, in-game training to gain, like, one or two skill points. So you do that, like... Well, you, I, well, I, you better, you, know, you better try to use that as much as possible. 
because otherwise we're just going to suck. And then you get into the gamer logic issue where a guy, you know, has a hammer, that skill, and he wants to make everything looks like a nail. He's going to solve every problem with AB tech. You know, mm-hmm. regardless, bad guys. Well, I'll design something to blow them up. Uh, uh, lock. Well, I'll design something to blow through the lock. <laughs> yeah. I'll design something to negotiate the point. You know, our, our uh, new contract. I'll design yeah, something. It's, yeah. I mean, yes, and of course, your physical stats are just. You know, you can adjust them willy nilly with cybernetics. In fact, okay, I do have to mention this. Yeah. Like the worst min maxing episode I've ever seen in cyberpunk. It All actually right. was involving my friend David, but luckily he doesn't listen to the podcast. If you somehow hear this, I do apologize. I just think this was funny. He was designing a uh, solo, which is like you know, the big, ba- big badass combat guys. But he knew he was going to be getting a full conversion cybernetic body. So when he was making his character to start, he put a one in the body stat. To which I said, no, no, absolutely not. You will not, I don't care if you're going to get a ro- cybernetic body. You're not going to survive with a body of one. Interesting. So he went, yeah. Like, See, no, I would try that too. I mean, because mechanically, yeah, I mean, it, it just makes but sense. But it's one of those, I had, it's one of the few, one, I don't do it often, but one of the times I had to like, no, 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 readjust, readjust. Nice. I have, I do have, I mean, I'm a pushover in some respects, but I've right. got standards. Right. So, um, and again, it comes also to player expectations. Now, the reason why this really is important, not only from an overall perspective, is also players, I think, pretty much always have the expectation that their characters are dynamic, that they're going to grow and become more badass or more useful or competent throughout the game. I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and but, I, th- I think that's normally not a mechanical thing. That's more of a role-playing thing. Well, I mean, I think players just have the expectation characters mm-hmm. will grow. But most games discourage that. Characters are static. You're not supposed to, you know, they're trying to like, no, you can't have too many good things, you know. You can't have, you can't be too good at everything. You can't be blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, I understand from certain game pr- design perspectives. But I think it's the wrong way of doing it. The idea that in the world of darkness, oh, I'm going to make this hunter. He's going to be a total badass once he, he becomes a veteran or whatever. But no, he's going to spend 10 sessions working. To raise saving, one dot of firearms. Yeah, one dot of firearms or one dot of dexterity. And then that gets crippled when the vampire, you know, breaks both his arms or something like that. Um, so, again, the question is, you know, when you're running a game, what do you do? And as a player, what do you do? You know, when you're running a game, I think the most obvious solution is to house rule. Like, that's what I've done in Wild Towns. We mentioned this a little earlier. I've sped up character advancement in one roll engine. Well, we get a minimum of three points. We get a minimum of three points. Yeah. And then, like, other players can elect people if they want extra points. Right. Up to a cap of five. Plus, there are willpower rewards. Um, so that that's pretty fast. And even then, characters you know start at two fifty, and they're what worth like three hundred or so right now. now. Yeah, yeah, a little over three hundred. So that that's not too bad, um, especially considering you know uh, the the Doctor Doom Superman slash Superman types are a thousand points. So it's it, I think I think yeah. I think it's working pretty well. And actually, um, I'd actually some games some games level up under just a really bad design alone. Yeah. I, I'm going to mention Palladium now. Okay. Yeah. You don't it, really need to, but yeah. Well, it levels up a little quicker yeah. than, than some games do, but leveling up's largely meaningless. Right. All you do is you raise your skills and your base SDC in most cases. And your hand-to-hand combat stuff. Yeah, it's like to your attack bonus. It's like some of your attack bonuses, which... Right. Hoopty, hoopty characters do. are very static in Palladium mm-hmm. games, in other words. Um, and that, and that's fine because characters are so front-loaded in Palladium. Like a level 1 juicer and a level 10 juicer are pretty, still very deadly characters. I mean, regardless. Yes, they are. So regardless of what happens. This one person will have a much higher basic electronics. That's, yeah, and that's going to be the game-breaking difference. Um, 
so uh, uh, the question is, I like viewers. What do you think the reality? I mean, do you think that this is a big issue? I think this is something that very few game designers actually think about. I think uh, every RPG, even newer ones, I read, um, they still have this uh, this this idea that character growth is very slow and you should mm-hmm. work towards it, and um, that you shouldn't gain too much in one session. D and D, I really think, kind of got it right. I mean, because they really do have that buildings Roman. Mm-hmm. character arc because I mean there's two types of character growth of course there's the mechanical mechanical growth which is what we're talking stats, about yeah, yeah, stats, stats skills, skills powers, powers etc but there's also role playing growth and uh, which is your character's personal plot your character's story like in the and New actually, World and, campaign I mean I've, I've known some GMs that just pretty much ignore that right they you know it's uh, like you're not here to grow as characters you're Right, it's like you're here to go through my brilliantly planned dungeon, and right, and that can be kind of character growth too. To say, oh, I I finished the quest, you know, I found the Holy mm-hmm. Grail or whatever. But uh, I, I think our group, our group particularly, we really much prefer the character. Well, growth. they have both, well, I but, mean, but we can, really love the character growth. Right, right. Uh, I mean, in the New World campaign, you had you know Locke, you know Cody's character mm-hmm. having you know very good arc of being starting out as a human wizard, then going into a lich, and then you know. Find out what he would be willing to sacrifice for his uh, to to achieve yeah. his goals. Uh, and I, have, I, I, think I was kind of a really naive good guy, right? Starting out, and he became a little more realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Still, you know, uh, having issues about that. And then, what again? You know, what price is your morality uh, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing? So, um, yeah, the, or uh, hell, like Jason's stuff. Right. Right, yeah, becoming the leader of his people and everything. Yeah. So, uh, pulling a whole Braveheart with that sort of thing. Like, and thank God it ended perfectly well with no problems. Yes. Well, we won't. We don't want to spoil it, you know, because that, all, that, all, all I'm going to say is everyone lives and everyone goes on in their peaceful lives. Yes, and they all go on to college and uh, <laughs> become the best fraternity ever. You know, it's like Revenge of the Nerds, but we're actually cool to begin with. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Dungeons and Dragons, the frat, the college humor movie. Wow, that would be. Yeah, but actually, as for I was at. There's one one game I was playing in Old World of Darkness where they actually the GM handled uh, the character the character growth pretty well. Yeah. Because you know you don't level he knew you didn't level up quickly. Right. So he broke the game up into parts. Okay. And uh, like you know one point that was a vampire game so actually the ver- the first line we were actually embraced in the game. Okay. And then we did some stuff you know actually got introduced to the world. Then he stopped and then skipped ahead a year. And actually instead just gave us all right you can put a point into a. St- a, st- a st- uh, to a stat of your choice, you can have up. Uh, you can get four, you know, ability points. Put them wherever you want, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, then suddenly, now we were, you know, still young but established vampires in the city. And then the, you know, we did, you know, once again did some more things. We're a little more power. We got, we got a little trusted with a little more intrigue and power with the est- established vampires. And then the last one is he skips ahead. This time it was ten years. He skipped ahead, and once again gave us a lot more stuff. And now suddenly we were, you know, we were actually movers and shakers. See, that's a very good solution. And that's one that, you know, out of the rules, that's house ruling. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, uh, campaign structuring by uh, uh, showing character <laughs> Heroic, art. paragon, right. and epic. Right, right. Uh, but also by, you know, also emphasizes that the vampire thing with being immortals. You know, you're still always looking the same no matter how old mm-hmm. you are and uh, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, that's a great solution. That's a, that's a, that's a great uh, – but – 
the question is, you know, what game, why can't games have that kind of support built in? Why can't they support fast character growth? Why is that such a uh, taboo in our role-playing games? I mean, I know there are some out there. Are obviously, a lot of indie ones that are character grow growth is much, you know, yeah. uh, faster. And I'm sure people point in, oh, the, the blah, 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 you know. Uh, well, so you mentioned, you know, like literary stories of character right. growth. Yeah. I think most people run games like a movie. Right. And there's but no, even in a movie, there's character growth. But often, but it has to be hurried up. Well, that's just it. That's the opposite of what role playing games do. Mm. I mean, in Braveheart, you go from you know Mel Gibson's just you know another minor noble to leader of a massive rebellion to martyr for his cause, mm. and that's in the space of you know two hours or so. Three hours. Three hours. Braveheart yeah. was three hours. I'm sorry, it's been a while. Um, so that would be three sessions, five sessions. You know, depending on how many battles you wanted to do. Well, there's two uh, major, two major battles. Well, I mean, if you want to do off-screen battles, and you oh know, well, fine, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and how how long each battle took? I mean, you could be a multi-session battle, but you know, that, there's certainly no more than seven or ten sessions. So, like, he went from being level one to level at least ten, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in D and D terms, to being you know a pretty competent character. And so, you'd need much faster growth character or character growth. Uh, and let's talk, like in, a lot of characters don't grow at all, though. You know, uh, a lot of uh, characters in TV shows are extremely static. You know, the characters in Law and Order and CSI shows, they're basically the same in, you know, week in, week out. Well, like, you know, over, over a series of like three seasons, they'll change a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But like, you know, you, I mean, it's very interesting to think about what character, what characters grow and what characters don't in fiction and what you would prefer as a, you know, what are your habits? Um, you have character, you, you know, ones in uh, those procedural shows, they, they change very little. You have characters like in Fringe. Characters in Fringe change a lot. Uh, lost, you know, they change. Uh, yeah, they change. Uh, good guys become bad guys. Bad guys become good guys. Um, I mean, what are your favorite? Some of your favorite shows? So, sitcoms, obviously, they're very static. You well, know. yeah. Um, of course. Okay. Uh, Doctor Far- Who is Farscape. Actually, okay, Farscape. I'm actually not done. Babylon Five back in the day. I actually. Well, no. What them. are they? I don't know. Uh, well, of course, you had. Uh, I, okay, in uh, Babylon 5, it, first there was a captain before. Then when the new one came in. Right. He was just, you know, like, well, it's like, I'm the new officer here. I'm a different guy. I'm different than the first guy. Yeah. And by the end of the story, he had declared the station was independent of the, you know, human government. Right. And was his own separate nation, essentially. Okay. And he pr- pretty much became a kind of a leader of a big alliance of different races just outside standard governments. Okay. So a lot dynamic in other words. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what about Farscape? Were they dynamic as well? Well, you know, it's when uh main character, you know, John Crichton first showed up. He's yeah. just like, yeah, he's Fish a bri- out of water. Yeah. yeah. He's a brilliant astronaut, but he's also yeah, like, totally new in this by the end of it. He's in possession of the greatest weapon that's the, that galaxy's ever seen. Okay. So dynamic character growth. Mm-hmm. So he went from being level one to level 20, basically. Um, so in a, in a, in a sci-fi RPG, he wouldn't, I mean, how many sessions would that be? I mean, obviously I, I don't have any session, seasons. I, I, it's, it went on for, 50, uh, yeah, that was a long campaign in other words. So. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you exactly. Um, Dr. Who would be interesting, an interesting challenge to say if he's static or dynamic or a little bit of each, uh, cause you know, the regenerations and all that, I'm sure the, the fans will want to talk about that. But I mean, there are a lot of shows obviously that are very static. Yeah. Um, now MacGyver didn't change at all. Right. MacGyver didn't change at all. The A-team didn't change at all. Um, and I mean, that's not to say that you can't have complex characters that don't change. I mean, there's a lot of, 
uh, great mystery movies or a lot of great movies and stories that I'm sure that I'm leaving out where the character starts out pretty much the same as he ends up. Um, it just kind of depends on the circumstances. And then yeah. you can tell a great story with each one. Um, the Matrix was ultra-fast advancement. Uh, in mechanical growth, but would the character... The, the, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, Neo did, but did the other characters? I Not mean, at all. Yeah, they were very static. So... Um, and pretty much, I, I, by the way, I do admit, whenever the first moment I saw Cypher, like, yeah. that guy's going to betray the group. <laughs> I just... It, the, the very first time he showed up on screen, I just knew it. I see. And I saw Mouse. That one, like, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Or, or or these others we barely talked to. Yeah, They're yeah. all dead. Um, what I would do... Uh, the thing is, so, the, the whole point of this discussion is, of course, to make you think about character advancement in role-playing games. Because I don't think that's... Outside of D&D, I don't think that's actually thought of, at least in terms of long pain. When you're thinking of a campaign, you know, you don't know, of course, how many sessions is going to go because of reality and people dropping in, dropping out. Mm. You know, you decide the campaign sucks, the story doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. So, but... You kind of, I think games are better when there's an end game in sight, when you actually have an ending in mind. I mean, we talk yeah. about, again, bringing up Lost again, a lot of people complained that Lost, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and that's the, you know, I, you can argue it either way, but if you have a definite insight in mind, I think it helps, and at least in terms of character growth, I think it helps too. So, um, yeah, I, when you're running a game, think about this, and think about what kind of house rules you can do to advance character growth. Uh, if you want that now, if you want static characters, then you can use the rules as is, and then but then that kind of limits what you can do in terms of. That's pretty, and maybe well, your players may not want that. Well, but on the other hand, you might want to because uh, it can be a problem, as we brought up uh, your your game that mm. had to be rebooted because characters got too powerful. So I mean, there there is a flip I mean, side. I, I essentially, a, I essentially, I gave an ending. Right. Uh, one, I kind of just uh, all right. No, I'm gonna just quickly get that ending out there. Right. And, uh, but that one, I, I didn't quite have an endpoint in that one until I realized, wow, I, I really need to end it. Right. So. No, no, I totally agree with, there needs to be an ending in sight. Right. Now, as a player, you should, um, think about your character's own advance. Obviously, in D&D, um, you have all this, uh, in mind, but, um, in other games, you should think about it as well and talk to your game master and find out what your, your thoughts mm-hmm. are. Because if you want a dynamic character, you'd be like, I want to start as this plucky kid, and he has this terrible secret he's trying to uncover. You know, there's this terrible... His father's missing. Yeah, his father's missing or something like that. And you want to make sure you find your father before the end of the campaign. Talk to your GM, make sure that this is something that is going to happen. Uh, Because otherwise, you'd just be like, oh my god, why did I play 20 sessions of this crap? You know? Yeah, you know, some of my character stuff in in Wild Talents, I... I think everyone in that game kind of has something of their own. Right. No, I, and I, I, I've worked a lot, and it took me a lot of effort to put it in there, and it's paying off, obviously. So Yeah. Actually, and there's a one, uh, I've had some people have told me they've complained about D&D that, yeah, you advance a lot as a care, as a, you know, as mechanically. a... Mechanically. Mechanically, but, you know, there's, you know, there's almost no care advancement. It says, actually, like, there very much can be. I think a lot of GMs just miss out on it. Right. No, I think... You know, like, like, you know, like, first of all, like, okay, say you, you're now level 10, like, very few people actually meant, yeah, like, I'm much more powerful. Very few GMs, well, 
that I used the, to know, right. deal with the now the new responsibilities you have. Right. You're you're a big badass. Everyone's going to be looking at you to solve problems and stuff like that. Or if you're a horrible or, villain. Or like, hey, what's the what's the Western motif? Oh, you're the you're the the fastest gunslinger. Everyone's going to be calling you out to take you down so they can make a name. Yeah. For and the thing is, one person might roll really lucky. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that's uh, that's true. And this thing about Dungeons and Dragons talking about systems discouraging or encouraging various things. In D&D, it sort of discourages that kind of serious role plan. I mean, they talk about that, but it's very much the bulk of the material is about dungeon crawling and combat. And that's fine. It's just you have to sort of think around the rules. Well, especially if that's, not, if that's not what your players want. I mean, hell, you've seen... We've had people comment about us when combat starts. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, oh, for God's... All right, let's get through this. We can get back to what we want. Well, wanted. you guys just don't like tactical combat. I love tactical combat, so... But you, then, but you you still deal with it. Yeah, no, I love doing tactical combat. I I always enjoyed the D and D fights. Of course, I was a dungeon master, so I had a lot more pieces on the board that I could move around. Mm. I didn't I didn't have to wait ten minutes for anything. So that was so I don't know. It, it, combat's fun for a GM. <laughs> I don't know about as a player. Well, it uh, depends on the game too. Yeah. I, some of that some of the cyberpunk combat, I just started going like I don't even fucking know anymore. Yeah, we need to do that again. Um, so uh, there's that, and of course, finally, I would just say if you're a game designer think about character advancement in your games because it just from the amount of rules that i've seen even in new games like eclipse phase or in the new world of darkness there's just like you know there's 50 pages on hacking and character and you know mind hacks or and, and describing and the world yeah and... the world and then there's literally like one page about character advancement in the game like one or two pages worth well, there's one page one or two pages and a chart yeah and a chart and that's it and so you don't really think about that. So I don't know. It, it, it's something to think about. Um, and uh, just keep in mind because it, it can be house rule, but, you know, that that's unofficial. Oh, we, 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 we frown on house ruling here in RPPR. Except we don't. Yeah, we don't. In uh, fact, I think we pretty well house rule every game we do at some point. Yeah, no, yeah, we do, but we still discourage it. It's, it's wrong. So have we it's lost our? Wrong. So we lost our gaming credentials now. It's the wrong way to have fun, don't you know that, Tom? There's only an official way to have fun. Son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> That's and, it. Turn, I'm turning in my my gaming card. We're done. Oh, We're done. Yes. All right. Um, so I think that kind of sums her up. Uh, Except our... I had enough points to buy another card. Oh snap! You you advance your character. I That's did character growth. That was that was pretty awesome. Pretty hardcore, huh? I know. Anyways, uh, so next up, we don't. Tom did not write a letter, but instead, I was of, I was out of town all weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save it for the judge. There is, there's no judge, Ross. There is the judge. You turn in your gaming card. You have to. I got a new one. Uh, yeah, I know, but you still have to have a hearing. No, I don't. The there's nowhere in the rules. Yeah. Well, no. All right. Uh, Are you house ruling this? Yeah. Uh, you snap. bitch. Um, we don't have a letter, but we do have. A, well, we have something a, almost just this, as good. a listener recommended we read. Uh, RPG Net review a uh, fatal from Darren and I'll, yes and, and actually uh, for some of you gamers out there we'll you, you just heard this you just heard a ominous sound in the, in the background when you that we mentioned that game yeah so we're gonna be reading an excerpt from it. we're not gonna read the whole thing because it's like twenty thousand words but we'll read it's an a excerpt short story from it. Um, so and then of course we have uh, shout outs and uh, anecdote from uh, Riff's character generation oh it's oh it's such a naughty caprice yes all right we'll be right back. In 1993, the X-Files graced our screens and became one of the most popular science fiction television spectacles of all time. 
Now, in 2010, DeadLantern.com brings you a podcast dedicated to all things X-Files. Join Explodey Joe and crew as they discuss the nine-year-long series with maturity. Blah, 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 blah. Professionalism. Well, we do have uh, a trifecta of shit episodes coming up. Intelligence. I have absolutely no fucking clue what you're talking about. And dedication. You ready for Ghost in the Machine? (laughs) (laughs) The Explodey Files, an X-Files podcast now in its second season. Visit us at deadlantern.com or find us on iTunes by searching for the Dead Lantern Podcast Network. Explodey Files, season two, coming at you (laughs) over the podcast. (laughs) There is no God, and the proof of this can be found in a PDF file from Fatal Games. If this is the first time you've ever heard of Fatal, you're in for a fun ride. Well, let me rephrase. You're in for a a fun ride if you consider a fun ride to be, say, hitting your nutsack with a tack hammer for about four hours. The nutsack tack hammer thing won't be a fun ride, but it is preferable to actually playing Fatal. Oh, hi, I'm Jason Sarton. You may remember me from such classic RPG dent moments as the longest fucking Senzar review ever, and all those humanity-hating and go-kill-yourself-already posts I leave on tangency. I'll be helping Darren a lot with this review, because friends don't let friends review Fatal alone. Also, this is obviously going to be one of those grandstanding spectacle reviews that tries to be crowd-pleasing. Those of you who hate that kind of review should do the honorable thing and whine your asses off in the forum below. This was written, incidentally, back in the days close to the Wild West, so please take it with a grain of salt. A big grain. Like the kind they strapped to the sides of mules so they can get it out of the salt mine. You think I'm joking. You think that I'm exaggerating for comic effect. But you'll be holding your head with agreement and also holding your swollen, bruised nutsack if you happen to open the fatal PDF up and give it anything but the most cursory of uh, read-throughs. He's not joking, people, and I wasn't either. Those of you wondering what the most ass-tasty RPG of all time would look... Ass-tastic. Ass-tastic, I'm sorry. Yes. RPG of all time would look like the one whose suck factor will forever demolish all challengers and tower over the ages with all the majesty of a homeless, mindless, drool, shit-obsessed, impotent moron standing on a mountain of used Dragon Ball Z condoms (laughs) can finally die in peace. (laughs) The arguments are over. Anyone who says anything else is the worst RPG ever... uh, says is the worst RPG ever will... Well, I'll inject kerosene into my bladder, piss on them, and then set them on fire. This game sucks that much. God fucking damn it. We're hardly four words into the review, and already the game has dragged me down to its level. So, why is it so bad? Because it's the Necronomicon of role-playing games. Not in the cool way, where it's a source of occult knowledge with a terrible, terrible price. It's the Necronomicon in the sense that if you leave a printed copy on your shelf with other RPGs, the other RPGs will be clustered around the dead, violated body of one of its own in the morning. The copy of Fatal will most likely be down at the station in the sex crimes <laughs> interrogation room, trying its best to put on an innocent face and failing miserably. Another useful comparison is that Fatal is basically anti-thought. As you can already see, it reacts violently with real sentience. Now we like Cinnabar. Go figure. See, Cinnabar was bad, but you have to like Cinnabar after you've read Fatal. Y- yes, it's a terrible role-playing game in just about every respect, but it has, it's got heart. It's like a punch-drunk, half-blind boxer who hasn't <laughs> realized that his manager is now arranging fights by pushing him in front of a speeding Mack truck and ringing a bell. He's going to get a license plate and... Uh, 
license plate number embossed into his skull, but he's still out there, still trying. You do the best you can, and that's good enough. Raven, C.S. McCracken, although uh, he's made the occasional mishap, also seems like a very decent guy, just a tad misguided when it comes to writing games. There's an innocence to Cinnabar, a lack of subterfuge that makes it fun to think about, if not to read. If nothing else, it's the only game I've seen so far that has a midnight sunstone bazooka in it. It's a bad game, but it's a bad game based on misguided enthusiasm rather than bitter misogyny. Yeah, I like how World of Cinnabar is uniquely deranged. The first time I read through it, I knew I would never see anything else quite like it. Like only McCracken could have made a game that's fucked up the way Cinnabar is fucked up. It's the Plan 9 from Outer Space of RPGs. It almost defies belief in how insane it gets, but the wrongness has this charming quality to it, and I can't help but liking it nowadays. I've gotten, I've actually gotten more entertainment out of out of it than most of the good games I own, and I don't regret buying it. So in a bizarre way, McCracken actually succeeded. That may sound like I'm damning Cinnabar with with faint praise, but compared to even that, Fatal doesn't have anything going for it. It's the shitty game to end all shitty games, and it could have been written by any 14-year-old with an obsession with rape and defecation, no design skill, a wares copy of Photoshop, and months and months of lifeless weekends to work on it. Seriously, if Brian Hall and McCracken got into an RPG design fight, McCracken would reduce Hall to sucking his wang so fast every <laughs> streetwalker in Las Vegas would be taking notes. And imagine an image we'll, we'll all take to our graves. Fatal is a product so twisted, so fundamentally broken in its attitude towards sexuality, so unbelievably stupid, that you think the authors are trying to make themselves look like they're prime candidates for institutions institutionalization they're not and which makes it even scarier by the way you'll notice lots and lots of these personal attacks on the on the creator and and players of this game as this drags on while this is bad at form in normal reviews it's hard to avoid here for one it's impossible for a game designer we shouldn't insult to create a game this goddamn stupid for another hall and his drooling fanboys went out of their way to honor rpg nets forums with their personal shot at the world record for number of flame threads started before one's daily basement necronomicon walden books version reading and you know i think they won it too for those who weren't there the flame wars weren't very interesting it was all simply another chapter in the long ass book of moron game designers who have created the best game ever Except that in this chapter, the obligatory AD&D clone featured vagina circumference stats and rape rolls, and the moron game designer's followers had all the class and brain activity of a scrotum lint. A scrotum lint. Oh, they want to be all evil and shocking and crap. God, how pathetically they tried. I mean, imagine opening a door to find your mother and sister raping each other with pink strap-on, and you then realize that you've never seen their bare asses before, because you're pretty sure you would have remembered the swastikas tattooed there. Upon noticing you, they grin wickedly and give you the finger in unison. It's shocking in a way that instantly blights, blights out all rational thought, but... But later, you'll have to admit, the finger and wicked grinning part was kind of cool, I guess. That's the feeling the fatal morons so wish they could provoke. Instead, they're more like opening the, that door to find your weeks unwashed otaku, otaku brother in his soiled underwear, masturbating fur, furiously to, of all the goddamn things in the world, an Archie comic. And on his bare ass is a tattoo of inexplicably someone else's ass, and he's disgustingly fat enough for it to be a good 14, 14 inches across. And as he goes at it, he's quietly moaning to himself about how worthless women, fags, and niggers are, and how they should all be raped or murdered. It's still disturbing on all kinds of levels, but it's the kind of stupid disturbing that ends with you having to answer questions to the satisfaction of a prosecuting attorney. 
Point is, the Fatalites have repeatedly proven that treating them with any respect or dignity is pointless, so we're not going to waste your time or hours with that effort. Back in their raving lunatic days, I had thought that Raven C.S. McCracken and the Senzar guys needed to take a big step back and calm down, but Byron Hall and his fellow lobotomy candidates make them look like Rebecca Borgstrom on a Prozac bender. But don't worry, none of this will be a problem, because even if you you can't ignore the misogynistic, homophobic, racist, and all-around idiotic mindset of its core supporters, fatal blows goes with such panache that it's hard to imagine anyone looking at it and not concluding that Hall should have given up the needle. By the way, you may notice that I write the authors of this game rather than author. There's a reason for this. While the game lists only a single author, there are many signs that lead me to believe Ye Old Abomination has more than one author, although uncredited. You'll find an explanation later, but I just wanted to get that out of the way. That being said, what we say about Hall applies equally to each and every person who had a hand in this shit pile. Meanwhile, you'll notice I've simply gone with acting like there's another, there's one author. What can I say? It's easier when there, there's only one legendary industry boob for the next ten years to blame, and the thought that another human being actually said to him, hey, Fatal sounds really cool, let me contribute to it, is too depressing to contemplate. Well, let's just see what looks, uh, what it looks like underneath this rock. Oh my god, sweet Jesus, no! Let's start with the title page. Yeah, it's that bad. Oh yeah! Fantasy adventure to adult lechery is crappy. You can see the asses of little engraved figures font. Right inside a border made up entirely of random garbage characters. Incidentally, at some point after the original version of this review, the the name was changed from From Another Time, Another Land. Great, huh? Of all Fatal's endless faults, they choose to fix the title. (laughs) While we're on it, if you can queue up Optimistic by Radiohead, you have a good idea of how the both of us feel right now. For those of you who do not have that song, it is very good, and also a song about how everything has gone wrong. Fatal also claims to be the most difficult, detailed, realistic, and historically-slash-mythically accurate role-playing game available. This is the most damnable lie I have ever seen in my history as an RPG reviewer. In no sense is that statement true. As a matter of fact, in every sense of the word, that statement is so false as to provide the gold means for statements of falsehood. (laughs) Fatal is difficult only in the sense that peeling your face off uh, a strip at a time is difficult. Detailed only in the respect that gives the creators an erection. (laughs) Jesus, I can't even go into it. Historically slash mythically accurate only in the sense that the creators occupied the same physical world (laughs) that these myths originated upon and about as accurate as banging your ass on the keyboard to write the Gettysburg Address. Darren is correct, but it should be noted that this is actually a good title page as it subtly hints at much, though by no means all, of what sucks about this game. Adult lechery. Perhaps it's nitpicking to, to point out the redundancy. Ooh, ooh what's next? The fantasy game of violent combat? The sci-fi game of star-faring space travel? The white wolf game of, ah, fuck it, just give me the cool powers already. But it's a good indicator of the level of thought that went into the whole game. And, of course, it reminds you that this won't ju- be just another Tolkien clone RPG, but a raping and shitting Tolkien clone RPG. Difficult? Oh, yeah. Anyone with a force of will to endure reading all 900-plus pages of this homesick abortion of a game without going insane and making sacrifices to sweet Azathoth for a merciful annihilation of the universe is no one to be fucked with. 
And anyone who could do that and actually play it, play its anal retentive trip to hell of rules system without succumbing to Hall's pro- probable compulsion to inhale Drano by the ass loads would have to have some would have to be some kind of demigod. And yes, it's saying difficult like it's a good thing. But hey, ain't that always the eternal struggle of gaming? Playing a difficult game and get massive headaches because it's needlessly complicated and PC killing because I accidentally dropped my rusty dagger and impaled my favorite intestinal tract versus go with something that won't make me roll five times on the random shit discoloration table every time I cast light my finger thus spend more time actually doing things. Realistic and historic historic slash mythically accurate? Oh, I bet. Player one, Rocksor. This is the best system for emulating the myths of Heracles I've ever seen. And it's fucking sweet how all the god mon- gods, monsters, and heroes can't do anything that wouldn't be possible in real life. Player two, hell yeah. When I tried to get past Cerebus, he wasn't any tougher than a pit bull with two extra rubber heads. And later when I was masturbating on the temple altar and I angered the gods, they didn't do anything but just not appear. Dude, you can't handle the realism. Player one, woot! If this were any more realistic, you'd be able to taste the penis length. <laughs> Player two, testify! Lots of people in history had penises, so it's ultra-realistic and historically accurate to put in rules about that. Player one, man, I could cream myself just thinking about this. I can't wait to see if it has rules for hut building, grass, grow- grass growing, nose picking, nose picking, <laughs> and the spread of Christianity since people experienced those during history, too. So, yeah. Okay, I give I gave these subtitles more attention than it deserved. Let's just say that if Hall set out to write one fucking line that instantly screams that the ensuing RPG will be very nearly as cool as getting diagnosed with cancer and necrotizing fasciitis bacteria on the same day, he succeeded brilliantly. And for the fun part, the Fatal Game logo is where the dice never lie. I would suggest that the owners of Fatal Games must have dice that come up, this game sucks, Beavis, no matter how many times they are thrown, or we must chalk this up as yet another falsehood. Yeah, I really like that logo, too. It was nice of the Fatalites to point out that when you play games from other companies, your dice may lie to you. Ha! I knew it! All those times I was playing D&D or or Senzar, and that, that D20 would show a 3 or some shit when I knew I rolled a 20. Thanks, Fatal, for showing me the way. No, wait, this game still proves that once and for all that that Darwin was an ass-grabbing fool. <laughs> uh, so That's all we're going to read for, for now. That's for all now. we can handle. We, uh, we'll, we'll be I right back. And I failed again. I guess that we were destined to be just friends. It's not your fault that I feel this way But I wish that I could make you see What all of your broken promises What they have done to me And we're back After uh, recovering some sand points from... uh, uh, killing drugs. A, and killing a deep one. Yeah, we had one chained up just for this. So <laughs> we we knew we had to because uh, that we knew we were doing this. Yeah. Anyways, we did it for you, listeners. <laughs> yeah. So let us know if you want us to keep reading from that review because it's a fucking long review. But um, you know, one it, of the the reason we uh, I was alerted to it, a listener emailed in and said, "Hey, I, when I read this review, I read it in your voice and Tom's voice. Isn't <laughs> that weird? I think it would be hilarious if you did that." And like, 
Thanks, listener. Thank, thank, thanks, thanks, thanks. So I uh, I'm really not sure we have very distinctive voices. Do you? I think we do. My voice is great, and your voice is just I. I uh, Mine's like, more powerful. Like metal on chalkboard, you know, being scraped across. So I don't think you think that, Ross. I, I know I think that. I think. Yeah. Anyways, so shout outs. Um, so Tom, I'll go first. Yeah, actually, I got. I might as well just do two of them right at, back, right back to back. Uh, they are movies. Uh, they are like Korean movies that Ross turned me on to the first one. Yeah, it's Attack the Gas Station one and its sequel, Attack the Gas Station two. Right, and. I think we, we might have mentioned this once, once or twice. It's been a long, I mean, we saw it like when it first came out, which is, you know. 2001. About, yeah. And uh, I got a pirated DVD of that, you know, bootleg. And it's essentially four. Back in the days like, before BitTorrent. It's you know, like four Korean, th- uh, four thugs take over a gas, they go rob a gas station, you know, tear it up. And then the next day, out of boredom, they decide to rob it again. Only this time there's no money at the gas station, so they decide to take the take the staff hostage and run the gas station themselves, keeping the money. And they just keep pissing people off. <laughs> yeah. It's good times. It's a great movie. Uh, so the sequel came out last year, and uh, we haven't got it yet. We haven't I, watched I, it. I, I, I got it in. Right. You, you, have, you haven't and watched I, it yet. I have seen it. Oh. Yeah. You didn't wait for the rest of us. No. No. Oh. Well, I had to see it, Ross. I couldn't wait. Thanks, Tom. But I'm not going to say anything about it. Okay, good. Don't just let well, us say it. It's, we'll uh, kick it's, you out. Of course, it's not as good as the first one. Well, th- you're saying things about it right now. I said this before. That's what every review on the internet has said, Ross. <sighs> well, I haven't read those reviews. Well, you suck. Yeah. But no, there are two great movies. If you can get them, definitely check them out. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll actually mention another Korean movie that I just saw called The Man from Nowhere. It's a uh, slightly, a little like a Korean version of Taken, where there's a incredibly badass guy with a mysterious past who uh, decides to rescue a young girl who's been kidnapped by criminals, and uh, it's incredibly violent. There's some really well choreographed fight scenes, and um, yeah. Delightful. Don't fuck with a pawn shop owner. You don't know what his past is You don't like. even know. You don't even, you don't. Like, um, so yeah. Good stuff. Uh, it's available for streaming, I think, on Netflix. Uh, I have a, I got a DVD of it. Yeah, so it's 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 good. Um, good times. Yeah. Uh, then next up we uh, have. Oh, you had a. There's a show you. Yes, I actually it's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of you heard about it, but I just recently checked it out. Yeah. Uh, Ugly Americans. Yeah, I've seen ads for it on Comedy Central. It's. I mean, the animation's really. Kind of, it's a little simplistic. Right. Actually, well, not nearly as simplistic. Some of the other stuff that's come well, out. Better than South Park. Well, animation-wise, but I just... Of course, I think it helped that the very first episode I saw, it was involving werewolves, so... Oh, well... But I've since checked checked it out recently, and it's really good. Cool. Really funny. I like it. Cool. Um, Especially just the casualness that there's horrific violence going on. Nice. Nice. I really like that. Horrific violence is funny, except in Fatal. Well, uh, nothing's funny about it. No. Now we're going to have to go kill a rat thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, good job anyways I'm going to mention um, the Steam Summer Sale is going on Summer Sale uh, for some of those of you who don't know and aren't PC gamers Steam has a, a sale going on from now until July 10th where they have ridiculous prices and daily deals on all kinds of games you, you can get. think they have brain damage oh my god uh, they have games for like $2 I picked up Plants vs. Zombies uh, Plants vs. Zombies yesterday for $3 $3 
in other games like Just Cause 2 for $5. So, like, if you have a PC or a Mac and would like to game, very cheap Now prices. is the time. Now is the time. And you can also, there's an event going on. You do certain achievements in games. You get a ticket. Um, for every three tickets, you can redeem them to get a prize. Um, I've uh, done a few of them. I'm going to try and do a few more of them. Um, so, yeah. Do that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, The Eliminators, last movie. Oh, God. We are going to, which will prep us for our anecdote, because you see The Eliminators is a uh, mid-1986 1986 action film uh, about a mandroid and his friends who go fight a time-traveling evil scientist. Or, here's, or as the description I gave to uh, yeah. other people and to my, uh, to my writer friend yeah. on, uh, like on fanfic.net, it is a, a mandroid, a female, a, be- a female scientist, a river rat, a ninja, and a tiny uh, teleporting robot go to stop a, a time-traveling scientist who wants to go back in time and take over ancient Rome. That's the plot. It is gamer logic the movie. Because yeah, literally, yeah. Th- that, if that doesn't sound like a group of player characters and a, an RPG session... What does so? Yeah, it does. Inspired by this, we're gonna do a oh, one and, shot oh, and his, his army of thugs in flannel shirts, yeah, with shotguns. Although they do have a triple scoped rifle that does mega damage because it's triple scoped. Yes, and yeah, and it hurt the mandroid. The mandroid is obviously an MDC creature. So. Well, yes. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, it is. It is an, an incredible movie. It is. It must be seen to be believed. So, yeah. And uh, we need the mobile unit, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because of this, because we've seen this, and it was such an amazing film, we uh, I've decided to run a Riffs one-shot. Uh, and, uh, of course, because it's Riffs, we have to do character generation first. Everybody had to make a character based on and one And there were characters. five players. Yeah. So that took the last session. And so, uh, Tom, why don't you tell us, for, so for the anecdote, uh, talk a little about the, the reactions the players had to uh, well, uh, Riffs. First, let me say that I got my character done really quick because right. I've actually done this before. And I will say this, Palladium will go faster if you're dealing with players that have all played it before. Yeah. But when all but one have never played it, it turns into a clusterfuck very quickly. But, yeah, so a character creation started, I mean, simply just rolling up the stats. Yeah. When we, you know, apparently we informed them that, for the most part, having low stats is meaningless. Yeah. In the new version of Rifts, though, there are penalties for it, but I didn't read those rules, because that, that, uh, I'm not going to play the Rifts that, the new Rifts, I'm going to play the Rifts of my, ch- of my you know, early years. So, yeah, yeah, so... That was that was all roll, rolled out, and apparently there's, I, well, in the new rules, yeah, there's now some penalties for IQ, I think. Yeah. But if you have one stat under seven or whatever, you get to add shit to other stats. Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you, you, it's to balance things out because Rifts is a balanced system. It's a thinking man's game, Tom. Yeah. So then, of course, uh, we. Ross wanted me to bring all the bu- the books I own, which was over twenty five at least. Right. I thought if I bring that many books with that many choices, no, I just want the. I, honestly, I wanted just to intimidate the players. I wanted them to see that and be like, "What the fuck, Ross?" You know. But I didn't. But I get. But I got that anyways. I remember Caleb in particular. He was very uh, 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 anguished. You know. Yeah. No. 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 He was actually angry. Yeah. <laughs> the, no. It went beyond that. He was like. 
I think it was like, I don't, it wasn't even a joke. After, eventually, it's just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Why does climbing have two percentages? No, it's what? three. No, there's two. There's three. No, for there's climbing and then rappelling. There's there's three numbers. For what? I don't know what the other one is. I just there's, know there's no, three numbers. No, I looked at it, Tom. It has climbing and then rappelling. But yes, yes. But he was—he lost his mind when he realized it was easier. the 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 skill points for climbing up is much easier than climbing ten percent than, than yeah. rappelling down. Right. And he, this was easily a three to four minute just rant. No, no, it wasn't three to four minutes. He was just like, "God damn it, Ross! So if I fail uh, rappelling, do I fall up?" <laughs> Yeah, do I go? Do I move up? Yeah, like, yeah. and then uh, you know, Thad was making a uh, ninja juicer uh, yeah. from Rifts Japan because there's five ninja classes, and ninja juicer is the most overpowered one. So that's what he took. Well, that's what I recommended, and he took it. Yeah, I was playing a playing a. Uh, I'm playing the Mandroid. Yeah, cyborg, cyborg with a hat and a poncho. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You are. Yes, Russ. Yes, and um, I didn't have the book for Aaron to make a uh, tiny robot. Right. So Ross is saying those characters or characters from other things that would be fun right. to add to this. The guy from Deadly Prey. No, but no, I, I, didn't Aaron make uh, his character over the weekend? There no, he didn't. Well, no, but he's, we he's, have plenty of time. Yes, but yeah, I believe he's going to do uh, Bulldog. No, I think he, I think he is going to do the robot. I mean, we have time in between okay. sessions. So, anyways, uh, yeah, we we recorded that. And we'll I'll put that in before we actually do the actual play uh, because also they had to roll for it was, random psychic power. But it was it was basically four players just yeah saying like what what does this mean? That's stupid. Yeah, it was fun. So uh, I can't wait to play. I can't wait to run it. And Kevin Simbieta, since I know you listen to our podcast, I like everyone, you know. Yeah, this is what. This is what we mean when people say your system's out of date. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like making characters in it. Seriously, your settings are great, but your system's terrible. Your settings are ridiculous. But, but they're they're fun, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've achieved that much, but you just need a better system. Just a better system. I bet you can get back in the game. Yeah. But it will never happen. No. No, it won't. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, so in fact, I even wrote a letter saying how I was done with riffs. Right, right. Here I am again, like an abused spouse, coming right back to it. Yeah, we're one last time, one more time in the saddle. Oh god, cyber saddle. By the way, I also love how the new uh, Ultimate Rifts, Rifts Ultimate Edition now has a section of cowboy skills. Right, that they took from New West. But scientists, cyberdocs can't have cowboy skills. No, because no, there can't be. They can't be cowboys. Right, exactly. That doesn't make sense. Don't let your baby grow up to be cowboys. Exactly. So. Uh, so yeah, this has been uh, episode RPVR episode fifty nine. Bill Dung's Roman. So Bill Dung's Roman. Yes, uh, I'm Ross Payton. This is Tom Jerson. Uh, yeah, you know, occasionally I I can say my name when we fine. Say your name. I'm Tom Church. I don't even want to do it now. Aww. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. And when you go away, so will the lump in my throat. You have become to me A symbol for all that is wrong And you're so beautiful That I feel that I Well I could never match up And this is my cowardly way Of letting you know Telling you when it's too late Bye.
I search in my mind, but I can't seem to find the words to let you know what you mean to me. I tried and I failed, I tried and I failed again. I guess that we were destined to be just friends. It's not your fault that I feel this way But I wish that I could make you see What all of your broken promises What they have done to me And all of the times I looked in your eyes Drowned in a sea of your smile And through all of this change It feels so strange Learning to live without you I search in my mind But I can't seem to find the words To let you know what you mean to me I tried and I failed, I tried and I failed again I guess that we were destined to be just friends I guess that we are just friends